0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, my name is Dana. Thanks for taking my call. I was wondering about OLN. Should I buy more,
1: hold or sell? And
0: provides unbiased answers.
1: Uh, they're going to make a dollar one this year. They lost $6 a share last year. I wonder why that happened. They've never lost that much before.
0: InvestTalk. Over 29 million downloads and counting. Wondering the difference between a few of these Volkswagen stocks? BWAGY, and there's a few others. Call anytime 24 7. 888
2: 99 Shark. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking shared success and now today's podcast good afternoon
1: everybody then this is invest talk it is friday february 5th 2021 and on today's program and podcast uh, we will operate with a mission statement as we always do and as to provide independent thinking and i want to share any success we can make we can have together love to have that you know, and, you know, I, and again, we give you straightforward answers here on Invest Talk. We don't, you know, we don't buy our answers. We don't owe anybody anything. You know, a lot of money managers, such as us, registered investment advisors, you know, all they are is money gatherers. They really don't necessarily in, uh, invest the money. They hire third parties. You don't even know it. They hire third parties to manage the, manage the money, but they. You think it's them. It's not. That's the vast majority of registered investment advisors. That's what they do. They're just money gatherers. We actually do our own research. We do buy data. I buy data, but we do our own research on that data. We don't put together our own search engines on all that data to provide you best, the best information that we think is the most accurate. That's what we try to do here. That's what I try to do on the best Talk radio show here and podcast. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact us with your financial investment questions. You can get the, you can get in, trust me, and you can shape the show. You can take it where you want it to go. So please call. You can call right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Or you can leave the question time 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, but we're live now if you want to get through. Let's go ahead and get started right away. As you notice, we've been trying to speed up and get to the questions faster.
0: Hi, my name is Dana. Thanks for taking my call. I was wondering about OLN. Should I buy more, hold, or sell? And also, I'm looking to get into 5G, and I was wondering about Insego, I-N-S-G.
1: Thanks. Okay, just so you know, everybody, we only take one question at a time, one stock at a time, because it's very hard to pull them up and you know, it takes me a second or two, and i got to read real quick. So, OLN Corporation, headquarters in Missouri, manufactures chloroacali and small caliber ammunition products. Okay, it is a $4.3 billion company. Uh, they're going to make a dollar one this year. They lost $6 a share last year. I wonder why that happened. They've never lost that much before. They're gonna make a dollar one a share this year and a dollar fifty two a share next year. It's a twenty seven dollar stock, so that puts the stock at around you know a uh, let's see, 15, 20, uh, 18, 18 PE or so. Sales grew to nineteen percent this most recent quarter. Uh, before that, sales were shrinking. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's too weak. The sales over the years. Some years they make money, some years they don't. I don't like that, so, so I I would prefer to stay away from it. Okay, O L N. I know you want strategies to help you deal with the market volatility. We've had a lot of volatility again this week. It seems like it's every week we're having a lot of volatility, and you know certain you know you want strategies to deal with all this uncertainty. Everybody does, and you know the problem is the strategies. Are one thing but then you got to implement them and manage them so you can't just have a strategy and then let it go but if you want to have any questions if you have questions about any of this give me a call 888-99-CHART now for today's trivia question I will look at the statistics analysis of market correction behavior across 40 years that's going to be my trivia question today so how the market do well, today the Dow was up uh, ninety-two, the Nasdaq up seventy-nine, and S and P up fifteen. So we had a pretty good week this week. Most of the volatility was to the upside. We all like that. We do. Okay, you're listening to a mess Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we, you know, and we of course. Made it through another week, being Friday, and as of Friday, you know I also talk about the premium newsletter, KPP premium newsletter, so I'll be talking about that a little bit today. And our goal, your goal, my goal, is always the same, financial freedom, and you need information for that. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART.
0: The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Eighty eight ninety nine chart. I got a lot of things to talk about today. I don't know if we'll get to them. Uh, We had the job numbers out today. That's important. And uh, um, baby boomers' financial stress. I'm a baby boomer. I don't, you know, so I know my group has lots of stress. We're talking about that. Uh, Tom, I want to mention the uh, Pfizer vaccine that has coming out, uh, the one that is the one-shot vaccine. I kind of like that. That, That's probably going to be popular. Anyways, hopefully we'll get to that. And as it is Friday, we always talk about some economic numbers that we have. uh, And I always mention the 10-year and the two-year treasury. The two-year treasury yield is 0.10, the one-tenth of 1%, pretty small. The 10-year is one15 so the spread between the two is continues to uh, continues to span and expand because it was 1.09 a week ago now it's 1.15. So the spread between the 2 year and 10 year is expanding and that is good for econo- for econ- for the economy. Very good for the economy. Gold 1808 per ounce last week it was 1857 so it's gold is slowly getting weaker. And you know what? I think that looks like a buying opportunity to me. Sewer today was twenty was at twenty six eighty seven an ounce. Last week was twenty seven oh seven, so it went down just a tad. Oil is selling for fifty six ninety eight a barrel. Last week it was fifty two ninety six. Oil going up, and the national average for gasoline two forty five. That's up a couple three pennies from last week, and here in California three dollars and forty three cents a gallon now in Wisconsin if you lived in Wisconsin if you live in Wisconsin it is $2.31. You guys are getting it good. Your questions are always important and they're always a very important part of the of the show everybody. So let's go ahead and get back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank 888-99 chart.
0: Hi Stephen Justin, it's Brandon from Northern California again. I'm calling in about ticker symbol TPIC tpi composites from what i can tell they manufacture wind blades for wind energy i've owned it for a little bit and it's done pretty well i just wanted to get your take on it do you think it can keep going up or do you think it's overbought i'd like to get more into it especially with the direction we're heading with the green energy and all that stuff so i'm um, looking for a longer term hold let me know what you guys think appreciate the show thanks
1: Okay, um, they're going to make money next year. They're not going to make money th- this year. Well, actually, next they, they will make money in 2021, this year. But they didn't make money last year, but we don't have the final numbers in. But it looks like they're going to come in losing 50 cents. And the year before, they lost 46 cents a share. This year, they're supposed to make $1.56 a share. Now, this is TPIC, TPI Composites. Manufactures composite wind blades for the wind energy market supporting global wind turbine manufacturers. So they make the, the blades, the composites, you know, the very light wind, lightweight blades. The stock is selling at seventy dollars a share though, and it's only gonna make a dollar fifty six. Sales growth is pretty decent. This most recent quarter, which was the most recent reported, was the third quarter, September quarter, uh, growth was twenty four percent. But before that, growth ranged from 14%, 15% to 50% every quarter. So it's got that going for it, and that's why it's so expensive. And, of course, you're not the only one looking at, well, you know, the future and uh, politics and the fi- favoring, you know, wind energy and all clean energy kind of projects. So, yeah, I can see why you would be interested in it, but it's made a long run up, and everybody else has bought it too. So I, I personally wait for a pullback before I buy it. But I do like the company because the sales growth, if they can keep that sales growth going, will eventually turn into some pretty big profits. It's only a $2.5 billion company, so it's not huge. So it's got some, it's got some, got some room to grow, okay? But it's a growth stock, growth stock. 888-99 chart, okay, ADP, uh, ADP reports every month jobs. And they reported already um, a couple, three days ago, that 174,000 new private sector jobs were created in January. Today, this morning, the official jobs report came out. And that said there was only 49,000 total, which would be private sector jobs and government jobs. ADP only counts private sector jobs. So there's a little disconnect there. Uh, Who is correct? I don't know. You know, but... Yeah, that's a pretty big difference in my opinion. I mean, it's like 100,000 jobs off. And remember, the official report counts government jobs and non-government jobs. So maybe they, uh, may, I should have maybe delved into those numbers deeper. Did we lose a bunch of jobs to government jobs? And that took away from the overall number? I wouldn't think so. There's no reason why that would happen. ISM, Institute of Supply Management Services, we had both manufacturing and services. Manu- both of these numbers were above 50, manufacturing and services. Above 50 means expansion. But the services number improved to 58.7 from 57.2. So, you know, there's definitely a recovery going on in our economy. And that's not counting, you know, we haven't seen the full effects of the money that's already been sent to people. Remember all that money that we sent under, under Trump. And now, of course, under Biden, they want, they're gonna spend more money. So how much of that the new Biden money is actually gonna get into people's pockets or just, just fixing the financial situations of states that are in big trouble, I don't know. We don't know, because it hasn't been, we don't know the numbers yet. We don't know what they're doing exactly. I'm hoping they're going to spend money on uh, infrastructure. I'm hoping that's where a lot of that money goes. That's where I am. So we'd love to get those live calls. So let's talk to Emilio's from San Francisco. How are you, sir? How nice hey, to Emilio's. hear from you. How's it going? I'm I'm interested in uh, I'm interested in uh, MOS to see your opinion on that. Mosaic? That mosaic? Yes mos everybody mosaic company manufactures phosphate fertilizers feed phosphates and potash fertilizers sold worldwide of course this is a this is a play on a boom this these, this company makes those things that grow things so fertilizers that grow stuff so it's kind of a, a commodity play really uh they're going to make 40 45 cents in 2020 we haven't got the final numbers in but that's 45 cents a share next year this year they're going to make a $1.67 a share and it's a $27 stock so i would say i would say the factors are favorable for it based on economic world economic growth as estimated by the IMF international monetary fund which is supposed to be in the 4 4%, 4% 5% area so I know you know you know you know of course, uh, 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 Emilio said this stock has already run up a, a bit on you, right? You know that, right? Saw that. Okay, so the question is, is it overpriced? I, I don't think so, based on based on next year's earnings per share, and the and the the growth of sales that should spike this year next year. So I think it's at a pretty fair price even at after moving up from, like, what, 8 $9 at the bottom of last March to 27 So I still think you have a ways to go, actually. I'd wait for a pullback, though, because it's already had a good run. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. It's Friday, and you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ceases. Okay, The calendar says 2021, and we know there will be many changes coming. We know that. So in answer, you'll have financial and investment questions. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART.
0: Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the risk risk-alized results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the risksk-alized quiz at InvestTalk.com. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. This is Vince from Orlando. I heard this question get asked a couple episodes ago, and you guys said you were going to look into it a little bit more. Wondering the difference between uh, a few of these Volkswagen stocks, VWAGY, and there's a few others. Uh, it seems like VWAGY is the main one with a market capital of $100 billion. If we were going to invest in one of these, which I plan to, considering their move towards electrical vehicles in the 30, uh, which ticker do we invest in? Thanks. Okay, so,
1: you know, stock companies can have different symbols um actually this is a very good question can have different symbols ba- based on different factors the most common is is that they'll have different symbols for different uh, quality of voting stocks not all stocks issued have to be voting stocks in other words you vote part of the you know you're the owner and you get the vote on any issues that come before the board of directors but some stocks will not have voting rights, but they have to be under a different symbol, even though it's the same company. So different shares of stocks, just in different classifications of stocks for the same company. And that can happen. In Volkswagen's case, um, I'm not sure. I didn't, I actually did not look that up. Um, but in they could be, W-A-G-Y is a German manufacturer, of passenger automobile commercial vehicles under the volkswagen and other name plates it's a 32 billion dollar company okay um there might be a corporate umbrella would might be a different stock or a different company i'm not sure um because i i I don't tend not to buy auto companies i never liked them myself uh they're gonna make a dollar 51 share this year uh I'm sorry, let me say that again. Dollar fifty one a share in two thousand twenty and two dollars and eighty-nine cents in two thousand twenty-one, and it's a twenty-one dollar stock. Auto stocks usually trade at very low uh PE ranges. Uh except you can't say that for Tesla, right? I mean that that stock is crazy. But they generally do trade at very low PE PE ranges. Um and that means that even though they're going to make $2.89, it's a $21 stock, so therefore the P.E. is 9. The five-year range of the P.E. has been 2 to 63. So it can go much lower. But Volkswagen is going to go 100% electric vehicle for all their products in like you know 15 years or something like that. So that's why there's been a lot of articles about it. Okay. The weekend is almost here, everybody. Let's keep moving. Another question from our voice bank, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. Ryan from
0: SoCal here. Um, I've had some pretty nice gains recently on a lot of meme stocks, and I'm trying to turn them into more sustainable portfolio. So I was looking at some dividend stocks, and I'm just way overweighted into tech and and growth and don't have a lot of value. I was looking at the REIT2
3: ticker, T-W-O. Um, it's a REIT that specializes in residential mortgages. So if you guys, I have no idea how to value a REIT and how to even identify a good one from a bad one or a good one from a great one. So if you could take a look at that ticker and also any principles I should use to be evaluating REITs as well would be appreciated. I look forward to hearing an answer on the show. Have a great day. Bye.
1: It's a REIT. They don't call it a REIT. It's a REIT. R-E-I-T. REIT. A REIT that invests in finances, uh, finances and manages residential mortgage-backed securities and related investments. Now, a REIT to become a REIT, to qualify for a REIT, you have to pay ninety percent of the dividend in the form, dividend in the form when your earnings. Or I'm hearing you. Uh, when the earnings come in, you have to pay 90% of that out in the form of a dividend to qualify for a REIT. And a REIT also has to be related to the real estate industry in some way, shape, or form. Now, this one is related because it manages residential mortgage-backed securities. So they don't actually have properties. They manage mortgage securities, mortgages. Okay, so that's different. Uh, You know, a REIT you know, has it this is very different from a property re- where it actually owns property this is a paper this company works with mortgages the paper itself buying and selling so it's there's different ways to evaluate these things and this particular one is all going to be about interest rates and if interest rates start to rise they won't do so well so uh, i don't care for this one they're only going to make 71 cents this last year and they're going to make 80, ninety cents this year. It's a six dollar stock. I I I th- that's low price, but it deserves a low price because their their earnings are always kind of erratic. They've been pretty steady for the last few years. But if you're listening to Invest Talk on a regular basis, you've heard us talk about market corrections. Well, they do happen. So as we go to break here, are my, here's my trivia question. A few years back, a statistical analysis of market behavior produced interesting data. What was the percentage of average calendar yearly price returns? What was the percentage of average calendar year price returns over 40 years from 1978 to 2017? So after a break, I will supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open and I encourage you and all you to call and you, ask your questions, 888-99-CHART.
3: It's a new year, and
0: building your financial future takes information and commitment. So you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. So I had a trivia question uh, before the break. Uh, historical returns, and the question is all about, you know, what are the historical returns of the last 40 years? So historical returns over the last 40 years, and that's from 1978 to 2017, were a pretty respectable 9.9% per year. Okay, that's the average. Average. On this count, we're talking about calendar year. The median is marginally higher at 12.35%. Now, the data showed that both the mean and median returns of any year with a market correction... Are still positive at 4.9% and 2.7%, respectively. So even with the correction, a decent correction in the middle of the year, sometime during the year, still have positive returns. Now market corrections are frequent. They are frequent. They happen quite often, and so you have to expect them. Just expect them. What you should be doing is buying, buying, the correction. Now, this analyst, this the people who analyze this, shows that it takes approximately nine months on average for a long-only equity investor to recover their losses following a correction. So if we had 10% correction or 20% correction, it takes on average nine months to get it back. Anything under 20% is still a correction. 20% fall in prices. Anything over 20, we talk about it as a bear market. Okay, so surprisingly, an investor who has a five-year time horizon and invests two and a half years before and after a correction will see an annualized price return of 10.26%. See, so, yeah, almost any way you look at it, you just buy the market and hold on to. It. That's the smart thing to do. Okay, now, One of the reasons why Warren Buffett has done so well is he has insurance companies that constantly produce cash. So he always has more money to invest. And he's always waited for big corrections or recessions to put the bulk of his cash to work. And that's really helped him out in the long run, you know, for his returns. You know, because he goes several years, bad returns. I mean, it's not not positive every year. But his average is very good. So I've got the KPP Premium Newsletter segment coming up. But first, let me talk about today's focus point. Bank stocks jump as yields rise, but there are longer-term doubts about the group. So I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there has been a very nice run in the bank stocks of late. Okay, and... And you can you, you can buy bank stocks through an ETF called XLF. That's the symbol. Okay, that's the financial se- select sector for banks. Um, and even this week, it was up six percent, while the S and P five hundred was up three point six percent for the week. So it's doing quite well. Now this is the problem, and they've done very well. I mean, since August, um, I, I, I mean, XLF has been up is up twenty seven percent since August. But the problem is, is all the bank stocks and the ETFs are now hitting resistance, okay? They're hitting long-term resistance. You look at a weekly chart, uh, and they have to, you know, they fell a couple weeks ago, they fell for a week, and then they started to make a comeback this week. That's the top, that they, they hit resistance. And so I think we might be seeing, it's much more risky to invest in stock right now. We might be seeing a top. However, if the economy continues to expand and if, if interest rates rise very slowly, banks will. Use, banks usually do very, very well. In, in inflation, they do very, very well. Because if inflation is controlled, it's not an out of control inflation, which we haven't seen in decades. Um, banks do well, and minor, normal inflation, they do well. So you know they can keep up with inflation and keep up with interest rates. They they do worse in recessions or spikes in interest rates or inflation. That's when they do worse. So if you think the economy is going to continue to span expand, bank stocks are probably going to continue to do well. But they've already had a big run up already have so now you, it's a little bit more risky to invest in them okay um i've got the kpp premium newsletter segment coming up but you know we can we can talk about the banks let's go ahead and slip another caller question though 888-99-CHART yeah hi steve justin this is justin from
0: washington i'm calling to get your take on the Michaels company, M-I-K. I I bought a position in this stock uh, around March or April timeframe when it fell to a very low point. It's now run up much higher than I anticipated it would, and I'm wondering what you think about the company. I feel like it's very promising, but I also feel like it may be overvalued at this point. Should I cut back now, or should I hold where I'm at? Thanks.
1: Okay, this is a stock we own in some of our managed account, Michael's Company, uh, M.I.K. Uh, they are a $2.3 billion company, operates 1,374 Michael's store with approximately 18,000 average square feet, offering framing, arts, and crafts. Many of you and know what we're talking about. They're gonna, they've always made money. I like the steadiness of this company. 2000, uh, 2020, they made $2, $2.11 a share. This year they're supposed to make $2.17. Next year, $2.30. So sales and earnings grow, but they grow slow. It's not really a gross stock, even though they don't pay a dividend. It's a slow growth. But the value is compelling. They're gonna make two dollars and thirty cents next year and it's a sixteen dollar stock. So your PE is what? Eight? Seven point something? An average PE is one for the last five years, one to eighteen. So I, I think it's a compelling value, uh, and if the economies are going to continue to grow, I think they'll do very well. So it's one of those boring kind of stocks that just makes more money every year and continues to do that year after year after year. So I, I just like that part of it, very steady company, and it has already run up. I mean, it was a low of under $2 a share back in March last year. So so that's a huge run. If you have too much, if it's gone up and it's now um, unbalanced your portfolio, then you cut back. But I wouldn't get rid of it. I would not. Okay, you know the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today like I do every Friday. Uh, each week, it seems we can... Uh, I, I, the first section is always the same. It's called the Market Condition section. And i said that each week it seems like we can realistically describe the market as being highly volatile okay this week was no different but at least it was mostly up volatility good news on several fronts helped as the vaccines were rolled out across the nation and the world investors are appreciating the strong earnings season they have realized that we have new money coming in from the government so these are positive from washington dc these are positive signs for further expansion of the stock market, you know, I, I, it, it is overvalued, but you know, maybe it deserves it because we have a lot of um, a lot of growth prospects for this year and next. I think that you know, it's going our economy is going to grow very fast for this this year and probably into next. So, I. I, I that's what I started off with. Of course, I gave you the, some of the most of the important statistics that reported out this week, you know, jobs report this morning and ISM numbers and construction spending numbers, and that's always usually part of that markets. I, I give you a brief just, uh, overview of some of the economic numbers that are important. Portfolio management section, I talked about the reliability of earnings projections by the experts. You know, if you've listened to my show any length of time, I am not keen on the pundits or the experts. They they aren't driven necessarily based on you know providing you, the public, with facts. They're driven by a profit margin of their own, who they work for. You know, if you're an analyst and you work for Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs is issuing uh, uh, is looking to get bond Uh, Bond business from Ford and maybe uh, loaning Ford lots of money for something. Do you think uh, Goldman Sachs analysts are going to say too many negative things about Ford? Probably not. So how many customers does Goldman Sachs have? A ton of customers traded on the public exchanges. So how many bad news stuff are they going to talk about? They're not really going to do that. So you got to find independent analysts, and it's very difficult to know who those are. So I just don't, I'm not very keen on that, and I mentioned that in the portfolio management section. I'm not saying you don't listen to them, you do, but you take everything they say with a grain of salt. Okay, uh, a couple of stock ideas. uh how about a company development manufacturing and marketing kind of company a rapid diagnostic testing solutions kind of company and you know i you know i like them a lot uh, they they have separate business operations four of them actually uh g- generates most uh, the majority of its revenue from its rapid tests SARS tests covid tests anyways Uh, um, I also highlighted the world's largest online travel agency by sales. They provide booking services for hotel, vacation rooms, airline tickets, rental cars, restaurant reservations, cruises, experiences, and other vacation packages. Okay, so uh, do you know who that company is? Well, I wrote about it in the newsletter. I name names. Consumer watch. You know, COVID... There's a bunch of COVID scams out there, COVID scams. One of them is, you know, you need to be pretty vigilant about this stuff. The Social Security Administration has posted alerts about a scam claiming that benefits will be suspended or just decreased due to the office closures of some of the Social Security offices because of COVID-19. But don't worry. You get an email or a text saying they're going to help you with this. Okay, don't fall for this. The IRS, the Social Security Administration, and in fact, all federal government agencies never call or text. They don't call. They don't tax. They send you written notices that you respond to. So, well, there's always a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week. It's pretty easy for you to subscribe. You just go directly to InvestTalk.com. Best talk. That's with two T's, two T's. Um, uh, and you, just, and you can sign up for there. So let's uh, let's go ahead and go into another caller question from the, Dest- the Invest Talk Voice Bank. It never closes, as you know. Eight 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 ninety nine chart.
3: Hi guys, big fan of the show. I had a question about two dividend stocks. I'm looking at Coca Cola ticker symbol KO or Pepsi ticker. Symbol PEP. I was wondering which of these two dividend stocks you guys like better. Thank you.
1: Okay, these are the two giant uh, drink companies in the world, right? Pepsi and Cola, and they own all kinds. Of, each one of them, between the two of them, they, mo- they own most of the brands of soda out there, and a lot of water, and any and fruit drinks, and power drinks. And most of those things are owned by one or two of these companies. Not too many independents. There are, but there are not too many. Coca-Cola. We'll talk about Coca-Cola in a minute. They're going to make a dollar ninety a share this year in two thousand twenty, and then two thousand twenty-one, two dollars and nine cents, up about ten percent. It's a forty-nine dollar stock, so it's not cheap. That's a twenty-five PE. Okay, for a company that's not growing right now, it's actually shrinking. Uh, before COVID, it was growing in the single-digit area, so. Which one? Pepsi, P-E-P. Take a quick look at P-E-P and see if they're they're going to make six dollars and six cents next year. And it's a dollar forty stock. Okay, so that's not cheap either. Close to the same twenty-five PE. Uh, I, I'll say this about Pepsi: they're more steady on their sales growth than Coca-Cola is. So if I was to pick one, I'd, and they're both overvalued, but if I was to pick one, I'd probably pick Pepsi at this stage. Okay? eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart 888-992-4278. Um, Pfizer vaccine is a big winner from them using uh, you know, groundbreaking technology, RNA, DNA technology, so they're making a ton of money off of that. And what this technology did or allowed them to do, it allowed them to to really come uh, come up and with a much better solution to treatment for vaccines. The faster and better technology than they used to have. So I think they're going to continue to be a big winner in that sphere. So just pay attention to what they're doing. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart is the number. Of baby boomers' financial status is going to be a problem. You know, anybody who's older who's lost a job and you're older, you're going to have a hard time finding a job. There is age discrimination out there. There just is. So, but their their financial health is not very strong. Maybe we can get a little bit deeper into that before the end of the show. On the Nest Invest Talk, this energy sector story, Wall Street has turned positive on Exxon, hmm, oil company. That's Monday. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live. 888 99
2: Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider Program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, That should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend focused sector. You can sign up for this free Invest Talk Insider program on investtalk.com.
0: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck. Because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888 99Chart. I have a question about the value of Delta since it's taken on all the debt, if the stock would still be considered cheap. What I'm trying to compare is if revenue returned to pre pandemic and traffic turned to pre pandemic levels, what a fair stock price would be or value would be given the additional. Debt they've taken on. If you could please look into that, and any other information, insights you have to the other airlines, I would uh, really appreciate. And thanks for everything you'll do. It's been a big help
3: for me.
1: Okay, Delta Airlines. It's a twenty billion dollar company. Uh, provides international and domestic passengers and cargo transportation service in the U.S. and abroad. It's going to it's going to lose two dollars and forty nine cents for two thousand twenty one. Next year, it's going to make three seventy six. Pre COVID. It made 6 $7 a share, and it's a $41 stock. Now, will it get right back to pre-COVID levels? Probably not. I would probably estimate it between 4 and $5 a share. That means it's trading at about an 8, 9 PE, and that's probably close to the middle range of, of the airline stocks. So it's neither cheap nor expensive, and I would stay away from it personally. You know, the COVID stocks... You know the. Let me rephrase that. The recovery of certain sectors because of COVID is pretty much guaranteed. For instance, hotels are going to come back, right? The airlines are going to come back, and cruise ships are going to come back. But of those, those of those three, which is the safer bet? In my opinion, it would be the hotels, right? And if you want to even get more. Specific and I've talked about this and we actually own some of these t- types of stocks in our managed accounts. It would be the uh, gambling hotel stocks, okay? And if you've been paying attention, you've seen they've done very well this week. Thank you very much, very well, because they're hotels. And Yeah, they're no no. They they have land, they have buildings, they have assets that they can borrow more money on the big ones. They can borrow money to survive and get through this, and they are going to get through it because we know the vaccine is working, and it, we got what thirty million uh, people already been vaccinated so far. Oh, that's maybe only ten percent of what we need, but you know, of the population, but less than ten percent. But you know, we're on our way. Anyways, I want to get back to baby boomers before the end of the show. The baby boomers have, since 1948 to 1970, they're the people that were born between 1948 and 1973. And they have endured three bear markets, two deep recessions in the last 20 years. So remember, the baby boomers, my generation, we're trying to save for our retirement. In the last 20 years, they've had three bear markets and two deep recessions. It's kind of tough. 900,000 baby boomers lost their jobs to COVID. Most of those will have a hard time finding quality jobs to get back to where they were. Okay? Uh, 900,000 jobs. So it's going to be a difficult row for them going forward. It's just going to be difficult for the baby boomers going forward. I thought I'd throw that out there, guys, girls. I'm a baby boomer. And so I got relatives, I got brothers, and I got my wife's brothers and sisters. She has nine of them. I have four brothers, even though two have passed away, so I only have two left now. Uh, But, you know, um, it's going to be difficult. And one of my brothers will be fine. The other one, he's going to have struggles. So it's just the way it is. Uh, My wife's uh, brothers and sister-in-laws, many of them, have not put enough money away, most of them, matter of fact, and so they're going to have to continue working. The simple fact is, baby boomers are not going to be able to retire like they think they will be. It's just not going to be. Okay, and one more thing before the close. You know, we have, you know, you need to understand what what your risk is, how much risk you're comfortable taking. And we have that risk on our website at investtalk.com. It's a very simple, you know, three or four questions, and it will score you from zero to 100 how much risk you're comfortable with. I suggest you go take it. It's very easy, and a score of 80 is what risk the S&P 500 is. 80. So see where you fall. Then look at your portfolio. What does it fall? We'll help you with that. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family. We really do appreciate that. Remember, it's all free. Free podcast, free radio show. We post a new program every weekday shortly after the end of our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So you can get your free downloads at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and bestart.com. And we would like you to rate us. Be sure to review and rate our show. Independent thinking, share success,